Welcome to Learning Bible Truth. Thank God for another season. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. Here to take you on a tour of the Bible by reading entire books in the Bible. Not just one scripture, full chapters. And of course, I share my commentary while we read line upon line and precept upon precept of every word of scripture. Since you won't take the time to study and show yourself approved before God, I am bringing the scriptures to you. So get your Bibles, take out pen and paper, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's grow in faith while we learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. Not my will, Lord, but God's will be done by giving our lives to his son, Jesus the Christ. saints i hope this day finds you and your family well you guys know we are living in some trying times i appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in today i thank god for giving me the opportunity to share with you his living word now today's message is entitled seven powerful prayers that will protect you from the enemy seven powerful prayers that will protect you from the enemy. It will give you a warrior experience. That is what this episode is going to give you. Now we're going to take the next um, seven prayers uh, to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the, of the devil, the evil one. I'm going to also share with you some very important scriptures that you can meditate on each day. And the first scripture you need to meditate on is Ephesians chapter six, verse 11. And as a matter of fact, the seven prayers that I am going to share with you today will be based on the, the letter and the information that Paul shared with the church at Ephesus to the Ephesians. Okay. Now through this episode, we'll take a look at, at the pieces of armor that we are asked to put on, what they mean and how they help us as prayer warriors in our spiritual battle. Because make no mistake about it, we are in the spiritual battle of our lives. Yes, we are. Satan has upped his antics. And so what we have to do is up our protection. Okay. Now may God bless you as you, you listen to this episode. And I want you to remember the battle is already won. Hallelujah. The battle is already won. The problem is most Christians don't believe it because they are walking by sight and not by faith. And hopefully this episode will help give you strength. Okay. Now I'm going to read first John chapter four, verse four. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, them meaning the evil one, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Now, the he who is in you is Jesus Christ, if you are saved. 
And the one who is in the world, the apostle John is referring to is the devil. Okay. So I want you guys to understand that every scripture that I share with you today is going to give you the strength and help build your faith, faith so that you can fight against the wiles of the devil. Now let's talk about uh, prayer one. And, and I'm going to use Navy SEALs and military as an example so it can help you understand how powerful these prayers are. Now, before each specific assignment Navy SEALs are given, they thoroughly assess their equipment. Now, each item they have with them is chosen for a specific reason to protect themselves. They fight the enemy, win the battle, survive and return safely from war. Now, every aspect of their equipment is of the best quality and must be in perfect working order or condition because all of this has to be carried with them on their body. They assemble their camouflage uniform with precision and great thought. They know they can't go into battle safely or effectively if they are missing something important or carrying extra baggage. Now, everything they take with them is designed to facilitate and anticipate their every need. By the time they are on a mission, they are more than ready. Okay. And that is how we have to be as prayer warriors. We must do the same. God doesn't want us carrying anything that is unnecessary because it will weigh us down and hinder what he has called us to do. And we must not go to battle without the things we need in order to win the war. Now our battle is spiritual. Make no mistake about that. And what we accomplish in the spirit realm is as important as what the highly trained, prepared and equipped soldiers does in the physical realm. Now we must know our weapons and be highly skilled in using them. But first we must put on the armor God has given us in order to stand strong against the enemy. The apostle Paul said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, whose might in the Lord's might put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 and 11. Write those scriptures down because you need to read them each day. Paul didn't say if you are smart, you might take up the whole armor or if you feel like it and, and have the time, take up the armor or try to take up the armor at least once or twice a year. Nah, -uh. that's not what the apostle Paul is talking about. God's word says, take up the whole armor of God. And that's Ephesians 613. This is not a suggestion. It is a command. Okay, saints. Now, the Bible would not have told us to take up the whole armor of God in order to withstand evil if evil could have been withstood without doing so. Now, to stand against, it literally means to stand in front of and in opposition to the forces and plans of evil. It means to be the one standing after the battle. Okay. It also means to stand in preparation for the next battle. Standing against the wiles of the devil certainly doesn't mean do nothing. 
Now, if we are to do nothing until he comes, why do we need to wrestle against the enemy? That's a question I asked you. I'm going to ask you throughout this episode. And I'm going to say that again. If we are to do nothing until he comes, Christ returns. Why do we need to wrestle against the enemy? Huh? We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's Ephesians 6 and 12. Why does Jesus give us spiritual weapons to withstand evil forces if he doesn't want us to use them? Now, when the Bible says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, that means we don't fight against people. Our fight is not against Trump. And the people, the evil people that, well, they, they appear to be evil, uh, that support him and his ways and his mission. Our battle is with the devil. The devil has control of them. That's who we fight against the devil. We have to look beyond the people. Okay, saints. Now, the reason we must put on the whole armor of God is to withstand evil. We don't war against people, but against a spiritual hierarchy. Of invisible power. We can't see that evil. But the devil needs people. In order to get his work. And his mission accomplished. Just like God needs people. To accomplish his, his work. On earth. We have the Holy Spirit. Now the forces of evil. Are invisible powers with a structure. And specific levels of authority. We are not only to use our armor. To protect and defend ourselves. From them. As important as that is but also to go on the offense against them as well. When we do that, excuse me, saints. <clears throat> when we do that, we close doors to the enemy and open doors to the will of God to be done on earth. We advance God's kingdom. Every soldier knows exactly when the time is right to put on his protective battle gear. Prayer warriors need to put on the armor of God every day. Because the war is always going on. It doesn't stop. Okay. New battles continually need to be fought so that evil will be driven back. The kingdom of God advanced and the will of God be done. Our spiritual armor not only protects us from the enemy. It also gives us what we need in order to push against him. Who? The enemy. In order to put on the armor of God, we must first identify what the armor is. Paul talked about how to identify and, and battle the forces of evil using the Roman soldiers as his model, which is why I chose to do so. They were by far at that time the most powerful army in the world. And he relates the pieces of armor they had with what God has given us in the spirit realm. Now, the following is what he said. This is what Paul says, okay? In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 14 through 18. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace, okay? Not the, the gospel of chaos and corruption, the gospel of peace. Not the gospel of an insurrection trying to overthrow a government. We're talking about the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench 
all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword, what we fight with is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That is Ephesians chapter 6 verses 14 through 18. This is not hard saints. So don't give me that dirty look, you know, because I can't see you. That says this is sounding like too much work. No, it's not. You can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. We can all do this because we stand strong in God's power and strength, not our own power or strength. Okay, we have to rely on God. Now, that takes the pressure off us trying to do it ourselves. We just have to show up and pray. Okay, now some people think that because Jesus accomplished everything on the cross, we don't have to do anything at all. But if that's true. Why did Jesus teach us to pray? Deliver us from the evil one. Matthew 6, 13. Why did Paul say to pray without ceasing? First Thessalonians 5, 17. Yes, the victory over evil was accomplished on the cross. We must look that will never change. But the enemy is still here. He is a defeated enemy, but he is still waging the war against us. We don't want him winning any battles on our watch. I know I don't, especially as long as we can be part of the force God has called to stop him. We must have the whole armor of God protecting us at all times so we can stand successfully against the enemy's plans for not only our life, but also the lives of others, our loved ones. We have to stand strong for the weak Christians. Okay. now when you get up every day, put on your protective armor. Don't leave your day to chance. Take possession of it and surrender it to the Lord. Don't let it get out of control and give the enemy an invitation to have input now. You need this armor to stop any onslaught of the enemy's destructive arrows into your life and the lives of those you care about, both now and in the future. So now, let's pray this first prayer. It's a short one, but it's powerful. I guess you guys say, oh, Dr. Kamala D is getting ready to pray because that's not something I typically do on my show. I want to always teach you how to do it and give you the information you need to pray correctly. Okay, I want your heads bowed and eyes closed. This is prayer number one. Lord, help me to put on the full spiritual armor you have provided for me so that I can stand against the wiles of the devil every day. In Jesus name, I pray. See, God doesn't listen to us based on the length of prayer. He listens to us based on how sincere we are in what we are saying. So you need to make sure that you write that prayer down and that you say it sometime during the day. There are 24 hours in a day. Now, according to Paul in Ephesians 6, 10 and 11, Paul tells us why we need to put on the full armor of God. And Ephesians 6, 12, he tell us what, uh, what we do or what do we struggle against? What do we not struggle against? We need to know that. Okay. Now let's talk about, uh, what we need to do before I introduce prayer number two. 
Now, Roman soldiers girded their waist with something similar to what a weightlifter wears to give him strength and support so he won't hurt the core of his body. Now, it enabled the soldiers to stand stronger against their enemy. We, too, need that kind of support to give us strength in our spiritual core. Now, that means we must tightly surround ourselves with truth and not allow for anything other than the truth to enter into our thinking or situation. It means asking God to keep us undeceived so that we never allow deception to take root. Now, knowing the truth liberates us from all possibility of deception and illuminates any darkness in our life. This doesn't mean just know about the truth. It means know it so that it becomes part of you and you live it. Okay. And it is not just any truth that sets you free. It is God's truth. Now, Jesus said this, Jesus, who is Lord and Savior. He says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. That's in John chapter eight, verse 31 and 32. That when we wrap God's truth around us, it protects us by strengthening our core being. Now, the enemy uses lies to confuse people and fill them with anxiety and fear. The apostle John said, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. That's in first John five, verse 19. The enemy's lie completely mess up our thinking and weaken us if we believe them. That's why I say the devil don't have control over your life unless you give it to him because we already have the victory in Christ Jesus. Every day we must combat his lies with God's truth. Now, let's go into prayer number two. It's a short prayer, but it's powerful. Bow your head, close your eyes and repeat after me. Lord. Show me how to gird up the core of my being with your truth so that I don't fall into deception of any kind. Teach me to not only know your truth, but to live in it. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Hallelujah. Now, here are some scriptures I want you to meditate on as it relates to the prayer that I just uh, shared with you. I want you to read John chapter eight, verse 31 and 32. I mentioned that a few seconds ago uh, because it tells you how do we become disciples of Jesus? What makes us free? Okay. And that's very important. And Colossians two fifteen. what did Jesus do with regard to evil? Also, I want you to grab a notepad and write out a prayer asking God to help you live only in his truth. And never accept lies for truth. Okay, now let's embark on prayer number three. Now, a Roman soldier's metal breastplate covered his chest and kept him from being fatally wounded in the heart. Now, Jesus's perfect righteousness is what covers our heart. And that is what God sees when he looks at us. But we still have to put on righteousness like a soldier puts on a bulletproof vest. That means we must choose to live God's way. Mm -hmm. 
See, a lot of y'all, you know, you give into your flesh. No, 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 no. And you want to keep doing what the flesh is telling you to do. But we need to learn how to live God's way. We cannot be protected if we deliberately walk outside the ways and the will of God. Let the truth set you free. Now, our decision every day must be to live a righteous life, not in our own strength, but by the enablement of the Holy Spirit in us. We must acknowledge that we depend on God and choose to live our life for him, not according to our will. But God, let your will be done in me. Even though we are a new creation, we still must decide to live like we are a new creation. When we make that choice every day to live in a righteous manner, our life is covered and our heart is protected. Okay, because you are not protected out there living in open sin. You are not. That's why a lot of bad things happen to a lot of good so-called good Christians. How many attacks of the enemy on people's lives could have been avoided if only they had decided that morning to live God's way? With each step we take apart from God's ways, the stronghold of the enemy becomes more entrenched. Now, our breast breastplate of righteousness is the righteousness of Jesus in us. It protects our heart from any mortal wounds and assures us that the enemy can never destroy us because of sin. For example, harboring anger is a sin. The Bible says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Ephesians 4, 26, 27. Okay, we give the devil a place to come into our lives and wreak havoc when we start sinning. The Bible says it's okay to be angry, but don't plot revenge on someone. That's where the sin comes in. And it ain't God that is uh, encouraging you to plot revenge against someone or to try to hurt someone. That's the devil. And you gave him a place because you harbored anger in your heart. So we shouldn't do that. But we can get straight with God at any time by confessing and repenting of our sins daily. Don't let the enemy have any ground upon which he can accuse you. Because, you know, the enemy also is known as our accuser. He goes before God every day. Look what so-and-so did. Aren't they supposed to be born again? And Jesus steps in and say, that's mine. I got this. Every day say, Lord, show me anything in me that is not right in your eyes so I can confess it before you because I choose to live your way, not the ways of the devil. Now, let's say prayer number three, every head bowed and every eyes closed. Lord, help me to put on the breastplate of righteousness that protects me from the enemy's attacks. I know it is your righteousness in me that protects me. But I also know I must not neglect to put on your righteousness like a bulletproof vest by doing what is right in your eyes. Reveal to me, Lord. Reveal to me thoughts, attitudes and habits of my heart that are not pleasing to you. Show me what I have done or am about to do that does not glorify you. I want to see anything in me that violates your high standards for my life. So I can confess it, turn away from it and be cleansed from all unrighteousness. In Jesus name, I pray. Oh, that was a powerful prayer right there. You have to ask God to reveal to you anything in you that's not like Jesus so that you can purge it. 
Now let's go just a little bit deeper. According to Romans 6, 13, um, how are we to present ourselves to God? I want you to read those scriptures and think about that. Also read Romans 14, 17. How do we live in the kingdom of God and read Isaiah? Oh yes. We go to the old Testament too. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10. Why should we praise God? Hmm. Now let's talk about prayer. Number four, every soldier learns to protect his feet. Yes, they do. They have special shoes or boots for that purpose. Now, Roman soldiers had strong military shoes studded on the bottom of the soles in a way similar to cleats. Properly shod feet can stand strong against the enemy and keep them from slipping. Now, as a prayer warrior, we need to have the foundation we walk in to be solid and protective. The good news is Jesus already prepared that for us. Having peace with God and peace in God is an unshakable foundation from which we can defend ourselves and stay standing strong. Now, the word preparation, it means that the gospel of peace has already been accomplished. That is, it is already prepared for you and me. You just have to walk in it. God has peace for us that is beyond our comprehension, and I have experienced it before, saints. It is not that we can't imagine having peace. It's just that we can't imagine having that kind of peace in the midst of the things we experience here on earth. See, that's because you are walking by what you see. We have to walk by faith, not by sight. The enemy wants to steal our peace and keep us stirred up, anxious, fearful, upset, and always in a stance of waiting for something terrible to happen at any minute. The enemy wants us unable to forget the terrible things that occurred in the past and instead remember them as though they happened yesterday. But God, God has healing for upsetting memories. It's not that he gives us amnesia. We still remember that it happened, but not incessantly and not with the same pain and torture. Now, peace is more than just having a good night's sleep, although many people would think even that to be a miracle. But it is peace in every part of your being all the time. It is a place you live because of the one who lives in you. OK, Jesus made it possible for us to have the peace that passes all understanding, the kind that carries us, stabilizes us, grounds us and keeps us from slipping. Now, are y'all ready for prayer number four? This powerful prayer. OK, every head bowed, all eyes closed. Thank you, Jesus, that I have peace beyond comprehension because of what you accomplished on the cross just for me. Help me to stand secure with my feet protected by the good news that you have already prepared and secured for me. Because I have peace with you and from you, I am able to stand, not only stand strong, but to walk forward against the enemy and take back territory he has stolen from all of us. In your precious name, Jesus, I pray. Now, here are some scriptures you can meditate on as it relates to the prayer we just prayed. Uh, Philippians chapter four, verse seven. It talks about um, what does the peace of God do for you? And Colossians three fifteen. What are we to do and why?
I want you to take your notebook or your notepad and write out a prayer asking God to help you stand secure in all Jesus has done for you and thanking him for his peace that is beyond comprehension. Now, let's talk about prayer number five. My Lord, every soldier needs something to shield and protect him from the weapons of the enemy. In Roman times, the weapons were arrows and swords. The soldiers sometimes shot flaming arrows and darts over protective walls to set people and their dwelling places on fire. In the same way, the enemy shoots spiritual arrows and darts at us designed to pierce our heart with discouragement and make us fearful, anxious, uncertain, or incapacitated. The shield we have against these arrows of the enemy is our faith. And it is powerful protection from all that the devil shoots at us. We all, even unbelievers, have faith in something or someone. We have faith that the pharmacist won't poison us when we have our prescriptions filled from the doctor. We have faith that we can walk into a mall and not be shot and killed. But lately, our faith seems to be weakened with regard to these kinds of things. However, when we put our faith in God and his son, when we put that on, we start out having small faith. But our faith grows stronger as we read the word and spend time with God in prayer. Now, how do we know our faith is strong enough to be a protective shield from the enemy? We know because God's word says that it is our faith in God and his faithfulness to us that becomes a shield for us. God said to Abram, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your exceedingly great reward. That's in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. When we put our faith in God and his word, he is our shield and defense. Now that is something we can have faith in. Even if our faith is a little shaky one day, it happens to all of us until we learn to have faith no matter what we see happening around us. We can still depend on the faithfulness of God to cover us and increase our faith as we hide ourselves in him. So when we feel the enemy trying to tempt us in our weakness, increase your faith by saying, repeating Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has, has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. First Corinthians 10, 13, that should be a part of your arsenal. You need to read that every time you feel a temptation, trial or test coming upon you. Let's read that again. No temptation has overtaken me. Make that that scripture personal. No temptation has overtaken me such as is common to man. Mean it happens to everybody. I'm not special, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, when the enemy comes to test your allegiance to the Lord, focus on God his word, and his faithfulness to do what he says he's going to do for us. Say this, the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk upright.
That's Psalms 8411. See, we have to learn to pray these scriptures. Faith dissolves fear and makes us courageous. Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. That's in Mark chapter 5 verse 36. Faith opens up unlimited possibilities. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Mark chapter 9 verse 23. These scriptures need to be readily available for you to start praying when trouble comes. Our faith must grow strong enough to believe for the impossible because we believe in the God of the impossible. And with him, all things are possible. Now let's say this prayer. Okay. Every head bow, every eyes close. Lord, thank you that you have given me faith and have grown my faith in your word. I know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. I don't have faith in my own faith as if I have accomplished anything myself. But I have faith in you and your faithfulness to me, which is a shield from the enemy's arrows. Just as you were Abraham's shield and David's shield, you are mine as well. Thank you that even if my faith is shaky one day, your faithfulness is never shaky. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Help me to remember your faithfulness at all times. You, Lord or my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in you, and I am helped. Enable me to take up the shield of faith as constant protection from the enemy. My soul waits for you, Lord. Lord, my help and my shield comes from you. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Saints, I need you to focus on these scriptures as it relates to the prayer we just prayed. Genesis 15, 1. Yeah. Psalms chapter 56, verse 11. Mark chapter 5, verse 36. And Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Get your notepad and write out a prayer asking God to give you faith so, so strong it takes away fear and becomes a shield to you. And let me tell you something. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So God can't give you faith without you knowing his word. Okay. Now, let's talk about prayer number six. Okay. The helmet protects a soldier's head. Okay. Our spiritual helmet protects our head as well. And what does our head most need protection from? The lies of the enemy, of course. The enemy wants to keep you from understanding and living in all that salvation means for you. He wants you blinded to everything Jesus died for you to have. He wants you convinced that you are worthless, rejected, weak, bad, unimportant, hopeless, and unlovable. Boy, are those lies. Or if he can't get you to think that way, he tempts you to go in the opposite direction and be full of pride. Either way, you're going to fall. Now, too often wrong thoughts about ourselves usually have a root somewhere in our childhood. And I counsel people um, who have a difficult time overcoming their childhood. So a lot of times you see people struggling and they won't accept this word is because of something that happened in their childhood. And that's just truth. 
Now, certain misguided people caused us to come to the wrong conclusions about who we are. And the enemy never ceased to reinforce those ideas. He doesn't want us to find out who we really are in the Lord and, and what God has for us. He wants to fill our minds with feelings of guilt, helplessness, and misery. He doesn't want us to understand all that Jesus did for us on the cross because he knows when we put on that helmet of salvation and are transformed through the renewing of our mind, we will be able to see ourselves as God sees us, someone worth dying for. God loves us, saints, but we often see ourselves as unloved. God sees us as chosen and accepted, but we may see ourselves as rejected. God sees us from the perspective of who he created us to be, but we too often see ourselves from our limitations instead of our possibilities. The helmet of salvation gives us a new perspective of ourselves that aligns with our heavenly father's view of us. Now, when I accepted uh, a call to the ministry, I struggled and all I could think about, and the devil was putting these thoughts in my head, was the sins I committed and how I was living in sin and, and I wasn't worthy. But I didn't know that when Christ died on that cross and those who believe in him, sins are automatically forgiven. Once I was told that and I received it, I was set free. I was set free and I became a child of God. You are the adopted son or daughter of God. And you need to know that God is the creator of all and king of the universe. This means you are royalty. Jesus sacrificed his life for you to wear the helmet of salvation, which is like a crown on your head, distinguishing you as regal. Now we put on the helmet of salvation the moment we receive the Lord. But we must constantly remember what Jesus saved us for and from and who we are in him. Who are we in Christ? We should never minimize what that means in any way, shape or form. Receiving Jesus gives us so much more than we can ever begin to realize at the time we make that commitment to him. We have to put on the helmet of salvation every day, saints, by reminding ourselves of what Jesus did for us and why you now have the right to wear it as a royal crown. Now, are you ready for prayer number six? Every head bowed and every eyes closed. Lord, help me to put on the helmet of salvation to protect my head and mind each day by remembering all you have saved me from, including the lies of the enemy. Enable me to remember only what you say about me and not what the enemy wants me to believe. Thank you that your helmet of salvation protects me from warfare in my mind. Your salvation gives me everything I need in order to live successfully each day. Thank you, Heavenly Father, in your son, Jesus's name. Now, here are some scriptures you can meditate on as it relates to the prayer we just prayed. What does it mean, you know, to our lives that we have been saved by the Lord Jesus? Read Psalms 140 verse 7. What does God do when you are in a battle with the enemy. 
read first Thessalonians chapter five, verse eight. What are we to do every day? Now, the seventh and last prayer. Let's talk about it. Satan tried to destroy Jesus when he was born by inspiring wicked King Herod to kill all the babies in Bethlehem because he didn't know which one was baby Jesus. Now, 30 years later, when Jesus was baptized and led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, Satan attacked him again. Jesus's weapon against him, him who Satan was God's word, which is the sword of the spirit. No spiritual battle can be fought and won without our greatest weapon, the word of God. God's word was inspired by the Holy Spirit. It is God breathed. Each writer of the Bible was moved by the spirit as his gifts and intellect were used by God to speak to them and through them. The word of God is so powerful that it is a double edged sword in our hands. Hebrews 4.12. That means it is a defensive as well as an offensive weapon. As prayer warriors, we need them both. Once you receive the Lord, the Holy Spirit in you brings the word alive to your mind, soul, and spirit every time you read it. Some people say this part of the Bible was only for the Old Testament people. These people are making these statements out of ignorance and they are serving their flesh. And that part... um was only for the disciples, they say. And that other part was only for the Ephesians and and this was only for the Philippians and and on and on until the entire Bible is explained away as just a history book. Oh yes, it's a history book, but it's more than that. Be aware of anyone who wants to make the Bible into just a history book. You need to separate yourselves from them. The Bible is alive. It is living and it has power for today. It changed me. It protects me every day. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, the Bible says, and it's profitable for doctrine. That means teaching for reproof. That means punishment, holding people accountable and for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You can read that in second Timothy chapter three, verses 16 and 17. Now, I feel I must say right here. That when the Bible says something like man of God, as it does in in the verses I just uh, read, it is not excluding women. It's like saying mankind. And we all know that word includes women as well. So if you are a woman, don't become concerned about that. Believe me, I have heard as many concerns from men having a hard time over being called the bride of Christ. Okay, every time you read God's word, it will become more firmly planted in your mind and heart. From there, it will protect you from attacks of the enemy. Put on the word like a protective garment every morning. Speak the word, pray the word, live the word and let it live in you. So it becomes part of your armor. Now, let's say this final prayer. You ready? Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Lord, help me to take up the sword of the spirit every day for your word not only protects me from the enemy, but it is my greatest weapon against him. Enable me to always pray as your spirit leads me and to keep on praying as long as I should. Teach me to be the strong and unshakable prayer warrior 
You want me to be so I can accomplish your will. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. Now I want you to read uh, chapter 4 of Hebrews in verse 12 as it relates to the prayer that we just prayed. According to 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, why do we need to have the word of God in our mind, memory and heart? Okay, and you won't know any of this unless you read the word of God. Continue to listen to learning Bible truth. Now, you are a prayer warrior. If you follow these these simple principles I just shared with you, I trust you found this uh, episode of focusing on our spiritual armor helpful in the battles you face every day. As we close our time together, I wanted to share some thoughts on Paul's final words regarding the armor of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Ephesians chapter six, verse 18. Pray always, saints. God wants us to be persistent in our praying. That's what it means to pray without ceasing. It is not intermediate, you know, start and stop whenever I am desperate kind of praying. No, it is deliberate. It is with knowledge of what we are doing and why we are doing it. It is not random, throw it up and, and see if it sticks kind of praying. It's praying always with every kind of prayer and supplication in the spirit, which means it is Holy Spirit ignited. Okay. Praying always means praying through things and, and not giving up. It doesn't mean you are praying 24 hours a day without stopping. It means praying through things. Okay. It means being ever watchful and, and persevering in prayer in, in order to see a breakthrough. It is important to pray according to the will of God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. First John chapter five, verse 14. The way we are to do that is to pray with the word of God woven into our heart and our prayers. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse seven. And it is to pray with the leading of the spirit, not with the leading of your flesh. After Jesus taught his disciples to pray, with uh, what we call the Lord's Prayer, but it's really not. These are just guidelines. He said, which of you shall have a friend? This is very important. Listen to what Jesus says. This is an example about being persistent in our prayers. Jesus said, which of you shall have a friend? And go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey. And I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. That's in Luke chapter 11, verses five through eight. Jesus is saying, keep asking. Jesus said, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find knock 
and it will be open to you for everyone who acts receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. That's in Luke chapter 11, verses 9 and 10. Jesus is saying, keep praying and be watchful till the end. Now, when a soldier is on active duty, he sleeps in his battle gear. He doesn't put on his pajamas and and, and his slippers while he is on the battlefield. He stays dressed in case of a surprise attack. We must do the same. We don't take our armor off when, when we go to bed at night. It is protecting us while we sleep. But in the morning, we need to put it on fresh and and, and new and polished, so to speak. Okay, so that we have maximum protection for the day. Part of our protective armor is our own praying. I have told people this in my prayer groups for, for years and they have felt it and observed it. That is, there is a blessing for us when we are praying. Although this is not something we expect. Great rewards are given to us when we pray in response to the call of God on our lives. The now and then praying doesn't do that. It is the everyday consistent praying that seems to build up rewards for us in a holy bank in heaven. We keep making deposits and when we need to make a big withdrawal on earth, we have enough to cover it. Our prayers are not answered as a way of rewarding us for good behavior, like a child who is promised ice cream if he behaves in the grocery store. Our obedience to God is evidence that we are in alignment with his will, not our will, but his will be done. The most important thing is not to get what we want in prayer, but to accomplish what God wants. We delight ourselves in him first. We make him our priority and our greatest desire is to please him. Now, a lot of people misquote and misunderstand Psalms 37 verse four. Let me read it. Delight yourselves also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. But they often missed delight yourselves. You cannot receive the desires of your heart from God if you don't first delight yourself in him. Now, when we delight ourselves in God and listen for his Holy Spirit to guide us as we pray, powerful things happen. Now, let me read this last verse of scripture to you before we go. Romans chapter 13, verse 12. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Courtesy of the Apostle Paul. Now, saints, I hope you enjoyed this little nugget about prayer. You are now a prayer warrior. Yes, you are. Continue to follow these simple principles. If you wrote down all the scriptures that I shared, use those scriptures as a guideline for what you need to pray about. God, his word never returns to him void. So pray his word back to him as it relates to the issues in your life and sit back and watch how God answers your prayers. Now, with that said, saints, um, in the last episode, I promised that my mentor who passed away, Apostle Frederick K.C. Price Sr., I will share some of his teachings. Now, I, I am also in the process of moving, so I'm packing And I am going to share some teachings uh, from the Apostle uh, Price. And it is sure to bless you because he was a faith teacher. 
It will help you grow in faith just like it blessed me to grow in faith. I'm still going to be sharing some teachings. We are going to cover one of the gospels. To me, the most spiritual gospel of them all, the gospel according to John. So I will start that next weekend, uh, probably next Saturday morning or either next Sunday. I'll say that. But tomorrow I will share a teaching of Apostle Price. It, it's about growing in faith. So um, continue to pray for our leaders that they find salvation and that they are delivered from evil. Continue to wear your mask if you are out in public. Continue to practice social distancing, which is between six and eight feet away from those. If you don't have to go out in public, don't. Don't just go hang out there because if COVID-19 took out the man of God, Apostle Frederick K.C. Price, it can take you out. He taught me everything I know about faith and then led me to the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit took over. Absolutely. And I am now led by the Holy Spirit. Whenever I share an episode or share scriptures, I prayed before the episode even started and asked the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me in truth. So I hope uh, you were enlightened by this episode. So until next time, peace out. I hope you were enlightened by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this particular episode, please send your questions or comments to Talking Bible Truth. Dot cd at gmail.com or you can send me a direct message through my podcast by clicking on the message button located on the homepage of all my podcasts Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts and Radio Public to submit your remarks. I should note that you must be a follower of my show to submit a voice message so don't forget to click the follow button you can also support my podcast financially by accessing the homepage on my podcast and clicking on the support this podcast button. Whatever you choose to donate will be greatly appreciated and used to help further the gospel. I am praying for God to give you a return on your donation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 14, the Apostle Paul says, In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim the gospel should get their living by the gospel. English Standard Version. Please sow your seed in good ground with a cheerful heart because God loves a cheerful giver. Now until next time, my sisters and brothers, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D. Rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. And remember, continue to walk with Jesus. I thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.